Thanks, Pedro. We're so thankful that you've joined us again this Sunday as we worship online as Redemption Hill Church. My name is Tanner Turley. I serve as our lead pastor. And before we get into God's word today, I just wanna give a few encouragements. Number one, we still have our groups happening uh, throughout the week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, it's a great opportunity to not live in isolation, but to connect with others and be encouraged on your spiritual journey. Uh, Then number two, this is Palm Sunday and it's Holy Week. Can you believe it? Easter is coming next Sunday. And so we're gonna worship together through this week. We're gonna pray together at some special times, but Good Friday, we're gonna have a service online at 7 p.m. across all our platforms that you're viewing from today. And then for Easter, we're going to stream at three different times, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m. So be ready to spread the word, invite your friends, get watch parties together. Let's let as many people know that we can about the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, as we continue in our help series today, I wanna take us to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, as we hear about the God of all comfort that he is offering to us through Jesus Christ. As we continue to navigate this time of crisis in our nation and in our world, I know you, like so many people across our nation, across our world, may be saying, help, this is too much. Maybe, maybe you've said that at different points of your week as you're battling through this new reality. Uh, we know that this call is coming out across our nation, particularly in cities like New York, which is the epicenter of the virus in America. You've probably heard Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio and the people of New York crying out for help and relief during their time of need. That's why this Monday, when the USNS Comfort moved up the Hudson River and entered into New York City, it brought so much more than medical supplies. This ship, which weighs almost 70,000 tons, made its way up the Hudson in majestic fashion with the Statue of Liberty and the Manhattan skyline in the background. And it contains 1,000 hospital beds that will provide relief, much needed relief, to the overburdened hospitals in New York City. People were flocking to see this 100-foot-tall and 900-foot-long ship that is bringing great hope to the city of New York. Mayor de Blasio put it like this when he described his experience of seeing the USNS Comfort arrive, when he said this, I had this incredible feeling that help was finally coming. It was like a beacon of hope. The mayor spoke what so many New Yorkers and Americans felt when they saw this ship arrive in New York City. 
we, we see in his words and in this picture the inextricable link between our comfort and the level of our hope. And that's exactly what we see in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. As the Apostle Paul writes to these believers in the ancient city of Corinth who were going through difficulties of their own and needed words of comfort and hope. So listen carefully and follow along as I read verses 3 through 7 for us today. This is what Paul says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. This text teaches us today that God's comfort overflows through Christ that we might comfort others. I want to share three amazing realities of how God brings his ship of comfort into our lives through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number one, we see from this passage that God brings an abundance of comfort beyond our cross. This is what we see in verses three and the first part of verse four. We, 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 as we read, we saw that two words dominate this section. First, the word comfort, and second, the word affliction. When Paul talks about his affliction in verse 4, he's referring to the things in his life that were like pressure. This, is, this word affliction uh, can literally mean pressure. Sometimes it's also translated as troubles or hardships. And we know from looking at Paul's life that he experienced a range of stressful trials because of his commitment to Jesus in making the good news of Jesus Christ known. In fact, Jesus told us that anyone who would want to follow him would experience troubles and different forms of suffering in this life. When he invited people to follow him, he said, hey, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And Paul experienced this to the fullest extent in his life and ministry. If we were to turn a few pages forward and see in chapter 6, he describes some of the extent of his afflictions. He says that as he was a servant of God, he experienced afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, and, and on and on he goes. 
We know from the book of Acts that Paul was once beaten so badly and left for dead that people thought that he had died. But it's amazing as we consider all of Paul's afflictions that he suffered and those that traveled with him to take the good news across the world that Paul says in verse 3 that it's this God of all comfort that comforts him and them in all their affliction. That's why the beginning of verse 3 begins with a word of praise. He says, blessed be God. It's a way of expressing uh, God's worth uh, to, to, to these uh, people who uh, follow Jesus in the city of Corinth. He's praising God for who he is, that God is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But not only that, he is the Father of mercies. When we think about the mercy of God, we're referring to his compassionate heart. One of the refrains in the Old Testament is found in Psalm 145, verse 8, that says, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And this is where we come to our key word. Did you notice that Paul uses the word comfort 10 times in these five verses. And when we think about the idea of comfort, most modern ideas of comfort carry this idea of offering relief and ease of someone's troubles. And while the biblical idea of comfort is not less than that, it runs deeper than that. When we see the idea of comfort throughout the Bible, we, we hear God speaking words of comfort to his people who were in severe affliction. When, when the people of Israel were displaced from their homeland in exile, God prophetically spoke these words in Isaiah 49 verse 13 when he said, Sing for joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. The idea of comfort in 2 Corinthians 1 carries this idea of emboldening us or strengthening us. It's why some scholars prefer to translate this word not as comfort, but as encouragement. When we're encouraged, we have our spirits uplifted. To, to, com to be comforted in this biblical sense carries the idea of, of an ability to help someone look ahead with hope. That's what I hope you experience today and moving forward through this trying season, that God is the God of all comfort, which means that in any and every circumstance, no matter what you're facing in your life today or tomorrow, God wants to extend his comfort to you. Now, you may be thinking, well, well Tanner, how does this work? How does God comfort me in my time of need? Well, let me give you two ways to consider. Number one, God comforts us by his presence. If you have chosen to follow Jesus Christ by the grace of God, then God has given you his very presence in the person and work of the Holy Spirit. 
And then closely related to that, not only God's presence, but God speaks his truth to us through the pages of scripture and then reminds us by his spirit of what he has said is true for us. Hear God speaking to you today. Remember, I am in control. I am greater than all of your suffering and affliction. I give supernatural peace. I give strength in your weakness. I am with you and will never leave you. This is who our God is. And you may be stepping back and saying like, wow, Tanner, if all these things are are true, I, I mean, this sounds too good to be true. This God is too good to be true. And what I want to tell you today is this God is so good that he has to be true. God brings an abundance of comfort beyond every cross that we bear in this life. Then number two, what I want you to see from verses four through six is that God brings an abundance of purpose in our pain. An abundance of purpose in our pain. Look back at verse four, what Paul says here. He says that God comforts us in all all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Here's the good news of how God is able to work in our suffering. He never wastes an ounce of our affliction. God has a divine and supernatural ability to take any evil in our world, any evil that we face, any form of suffering because of our fallen world and turn it for good. There is an abundance of purpose in our pain. And Paul says that, that this is how it works. Any affliction that I face, that, that, and this is so good for us to hear, no matter what kind of trouble or affliction we're experiencing in these days, Any affliction that I face, God brings his comfort in those moments, but it's not simply for me to experience his comfort. No, he wants to extend his comfort to me so that I can take that comfort and extend it to other people in their points of pain and in their time of need. And you say, how is this possible? Well, Paul goes on to explain in verse five. This is what he says. He says, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ, we share abundantly in comfort too. Paul can extend comfort even in the face of suffering because God is there ready to give Paul more comfort as he moves forward in his journey. And and notice that that, that, that Paul uses this word again and again in verse 5. He says that this is an abundance. The the word abundance is an economic term. It it means that, that there is a surplus. God's comfort does not 
go off the shelves. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, we're not, we're not talking about toilet paper or hand sanitizer, all right? Don't be a hoarder, by the way, all right? Can I get some thumbs up for that or some, some likes, all right? Um, th- but what, what, what Paul is saying is that there's an abundant supply. That's why some translations say uh, there, there is, is um, an overflow of comfort so that we can share it with others. God's comfort fills us so that it can flow through us. Let me show you what Paul's saying here. When Paul says that he shares abundantly in the afflictions of Christ and his sufferings, what he's talking about is that he's speaking in two directions when he's speaking of Christ's sufferings. Number one, he's saying that because of his union with Christ, when Paul followed Jesus, he knew that Jesus said, hey, you're going to follow in my footsteps, and my footsteps include moving to the cross. So Paul experienced affliction in that way, but not only that, when Paul suffered, Christ suffered with him. So, so as you think about uh, the, the, the abundance of Paul's affliction, just look at this chart. Uh, what we see is that Paul's affliction was not just like a little bit of affliction. No, the affliction that he faced was beyond what would overwhelm any human being in this life. There was a surplus. There was an abundance of affliction in Paul's life. And yet, what God says is this, whatever your experience of affliction, not only will I match it, but I will overwhelm it by my comfort. We see the comfort of God overwhelming our affliction because God is the God of abundance. Paul is speaking to us today. God is speaking to us today to say, the greater your affliction and suffering, the greater your comfort. And the greater your comfort, the greater your ability to extend comfort to other people. And so Paul goes on to sum it up in verse 6 by saying this. He says, if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. What, is, what does he mean by this? What Paul is saying is, if, if we, as we work to bring you the good news of the gospel, if that means harm for us and suffering for us, then it's okay because we are in the process as we make Christ known, God is bringing to you his comfort and his salvation through Jesus Christ. But if we are a comforted by God in our affliction, that just gives us the ability to give you more comfort as we experience God's comfort. So it's a win-win situation. And when Paul is talking about his desire to even endure hardship and suffering for the sake of the Corinthians, what we see here is the heart of a servant of God. The heart of a servant risks their own health and safety for the benefit of someone else. That's what Paul's describing here, and that's what we're called to as followers of Jesus Christ. 
Perhaps we see this in our cultural moment in no greater ways than when we look at our healthcare professionals throughout the city of Boston and across our world. In fact, can we just give it up and say thank you to all of our healthcare workers in our church and across our city who are willingly putting their own lives at risk, their own health at risk, so that they can care for the people who are sick and in a time of need. That's right, give some likes, give some hearts, throw some maybe comments, tag some people, some healthcare professionals that you know and love, just to give them some props for how they're modeling what a servant looks like in our day. Because this is what God actually, we see God's design in their sacrifice, that this is what God calls us to. Just as Jesus willingly endured pain, by going to the cross and suffering for our sin that we might experience his salvation, now we also experience affliction so that we can extend his comfort to the people around us. And so don't forget, in this time of very difficult situation and circumstance, there is always an abundance of purpose in our pain. But then finally, number three, what we see from verse seven is that there is an abundance of hope over despair. Listen to the words of verse seven one more time. Paul says this, our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. I love the implications of verse seven. Not only does the reality of God give Paul so much hope, he calls it unshakable, because he knew that just as God provided comfort for him in his time of need, he would also come through for the people to whom he was writing. But not only that, his hope was unshakable because there was an overwhelming immediacy to the comfort God extends for us. I mean, this is, this is mind-boggling what Paul says in verse 7. Look at it again. He says, as you share, you will also share. So, so let me fill in the blanks there. What he says is, as you share in our sufferings, so you will also share in our comfort. Do, do you see the immediacy? Do you see the, the simultaneous nature? He's saying, even as you're experiencing suffering and affliction, you are also going to experience God's comfort in those moments. It's amazing how God cares for us in the very moment of our pain. God is there. In the very moment of our affliction, God shows up. I know that there are so many frustrating moments of this pandemic as so many of us are just staying at home for, for good and proper reasons of social distancing so we can flatten the curve, and we need to continue to do that. But you and I both know that it's some challenging times. Maybe you just feel the difficulties heavy on your heart. Maybe you feel mentally and emotionally fatigued. 
Maybe you feel like you can't stare at the four walls in, of your home any longer. But what Paul is saying is that no matter what you're feeling in those moments, God is right there in those moments to extend his comfort to you in your moment of need. This is our unshakable hope because of who Jesus is and what he has done for us through his life, death, and resurrection. And so as we think about this amazing, majestic picture of the USNS Comfort moving into Manhattan and bringing all of these abundant supplies, I'm talking about 1,300 medical personnel, 1,000 hospital beds, 80 intensive care beds, 11 operating rooms, and much, much more. It's awesome, and we should celebrate and take comfort and hope in this care for the city of New York. And yet, the ship of God's comfort makes this pale in comparison. The ship of God's comfort doesn't take two days or two weeks to arrive. It is immediate. God's resources are not limited at all. He has unlimited power, unlimited mercy, unlimited comfort to give us every single moment of every single day. God is giving us not temporal relief, but he offers to us eternal relief through the work of Jesus Christ. And so I want to ask you today, have you received God's comfort? Have you been comforted in your soul by what Christ has done for you through the gospel? Listen, it's Palm Sunday. And Jesus didn't come in like an admiral on a ship, but he humbly rode into the city of Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. And the people shouted Hosanna because they knew salvation was arriving as he rode into the city. And then Holy Week takes us to Good Friday where Jesus dies for our sin and the sin of the world on a Roman cross. And it's through his death that he offers us life and the experience of his daily comfort, no matter where we are or what's happening in our life. So number one, have you received God's comfort? If not, receive it today. Let us know if you're on our online platform, you can raise your hand or find a way to message us to let us know how we can help you in your spiritual journey. You can fill out the connect card, rhc.church forward slash cc to let us know how we can help you in your journey of following Jesus. But then number two, let me ask, are you extending God's comfort to others? Listen, we've set up a help form that we've sent out to everyone connected with our church, members, attenders, and guests to say, hey, how do you need help in this season of life? But also not only do, how do you need help, but how can you extend help to others? And so listen, even if you're not yet connected 
with Redemption Hill. If you live in the greater Medford area, we invite you to fill out this form today so that we can know how we can maybe help you and also how you can jump in and help us help other people as well. It's amazing that God is the God of all comfort and he offers his comfort to us through Christ so that we can extend his comfort to others. Let me pray for you right now. God, we thank you that you are the God of all comfort, that you overwhelm us with your mercy and the abundance of your help in our time of need so that we can know your peace, so that we can have hope that lies beyond today. And yet, God, we ask that we would not only receive it for ourselves, but that we would extend your help to others. God, show us very practical ways that we can be a help and a comfort to our neighbors and the people around us. We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.